What's up, guys? It's Heather, your rom-com queen. Hey, it's Lucretia, your thrill seeker. And this is Stephanie, your wild card. And we are The The Reading Reading Sirens. Okay, so I am Stephanie on Instagram. I'm at Lit for Lit, um, the wild card of the group here. (laughs) (laughs) I'm Heather. I'm Books and Doggies. I'm your rom-com queen. I'm Lucretia. I'm here to read on Instagram. Also, you're a thrill seeker, so this book was right up my alley. <laughs> <laughs> and very nice. I, well, all of ours. Really um, it had stuff for all of us in it. It yes. did. You probably picked out the romance. I did. I was all into like the mix of like maybe potentially sci-fi slash religious horror slash mystery. <laughs> yeah, a little bit of everything. Yeah. And we have a very special nice. guest with us today. My name is. Brayden Riddick. I am the man behind the mask, the the enigma on Instagram, (laughs) some have called. Uh, I do love the mystery, as one of you pointed out. And uh, it is a pleasure to be on the show with you, especially uh, it sounds like all three of you, all three sirens finished the book. Yes. Yes. Very nice. Well, uh, thank you again for initially inviting me and then not rescinding the invite. You finished the book (laughs) and you you kept the invite on the table. All good things. Um, yeah, and I think it, it actually works out well. I, I did my homework. You know, you're supposed to do a little bit of research before you do any, any interview or anything like that. You got to know who you're going to be talking to. And I did see that you are composed of the rom-com queen, the yeah. thrill seeker, and the wild card. So I do think, as, as someone already alluded to, I, I do think that that matches, that matches quite well. Um, it really there was did. a little bit of all that in there. I can't, mm-hmm. you know, I, what can I say? I, I'm a multi-genre writer. I don't, I don't, I can mind the lanes on a highway or a, or, <laughs> or a road, but when it comes to my wicked fiction, no, I blur all the <laughs> la- lines. I w- w- run over all the lanes, all good stuff. Nice. Well, well, we enjoyed it. Yeah, yeah, it was definitely a wild well, ride. So, <laughs> it was worth your time, though, despite yes. how wild. Okay. Mm-hmm. <laughs> That's the main thing. I, I just don't want to waste anyone's time. Oh, you, and, you um, did it. Very good. Very good. That's. I read your author's too. note in the end, and I wanted to say I was very happy that you listened to whoever gave you the advice to get the it editor, out there. The editor, yeah. Yes. Mm-hmm. 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 It would have been a, a, a disservice not to put it out there. I know. There were so many, we had just have so many questions. So (laughs) yeah, it was was such a good book. Well, that is truly heartfelt. I can't thank you enough about that. And, you know, I've heard such good feedback after, um, you know, readers have closed the book and and they've let me know in regards to that author's note that I can't even believe that was a question. What are you talking about? Mm -hmm. And so uh, believe it or not, it was a real question. And that book did languish in a drawer for, a long time but what can we say life gets in the way right mm-hmm. yeah all all, th- all things in good time and you know I, i've said it once i'll say it again uh, i'm all about finding silver linings and i would not wish a worldwide pandemic on anyone but it was due to covid and, and the initial downtime and and the need for that immersion into another distraction that mm-hmm. really uh, made this book happen so uh there is good things to come from the bad yeah. Mm-hmm. That's kind of how our podcast started. Yeah, that's <laughs> definitely how our podcast started. Actually, we started it 
2020, right? Or 2021, mm-hmm. um, which was right after the year, right after COVID mm-hmm. started and then just continued forever. Right? Yes. <laughs> um, definitely added some fun to our lives. Mm-hmm. So, um, Good we, blooms from the bat. I yes. like it. Yes. It was almost like we're now little phoenixes that arose mm. from the ashes oh, I of love COVID. That. <laughs> and you can tell I've, I've the shows I've been able to watch the episodes of your podcast. There's a natural chemistry that uh, the sirens have developed. It's it, it's felt. It comes across, and that's that's what it's all about. Mm-hmm. Especially when you're talking and jiving like this, you got to be able to uh, you got to be able to gap. And yeah, it's got to yeah. sound real, you know? Mm-hmm. Yeah, that's definitely something we try to do. We try to bring ourselves into it. And I think we we all have a really good relationship and we all really love books mm-hmm. and can talk about them for hours. So <laughs> They've turned me into liking, I see myself reaching more for the scary and some of them are reaching more for the romance. So we've kind of mingled in together. Mm-hmm. So it, it almost sounds like you're trying to tell me that ungodly was your gateway into the scary stuff, or at least <laughs> moving that way. Part, yes. Your book Is did this actually book your ins- gateway drug. Kind of yes, stuff? because I wanted to write a romance book, and now I'm going to start with a scary short story first because your book inspired me to write that first. <laughs> See that. Mm. That, that that is awesome i, I already you, pitched it I to stephanie you. and so i was like i'm gonna do this first because it's in my head and i can't get it out and do it um, I will. yeah i keep you know, telling just, her just do it mm-hmm. i know she's she's pretty good with ideas she needs to be put the, them on paper <laughs> you absolutely should because that's the only way it can become a reality and it can mm-hmm. you can manifest it into a story otherwise it's merely in the mind and nine times out of ten uh, you know, the mind is faulty. You will forget mm-hmm. those late night thoughts right before you right when you lay your head down. I know everyone listening has has experienced this, whether you're a writer, novelist or just a creative thinker. When you lay your head down on the pillow and you hear that uh, the voices start talking and suddenly you brainstorm and you have that idea. And you're like, mm, this is good. There's something here. Mm-hmm. I'm going to hold on to it. I'm going to sleep on it and I'm going to remember it in the morning. But you never remember it in the morning. Mm-hmm. Reach over there on the nightstand, grab grab your phone, write it down, type it out, whatever. Um, either way, just a little side note. You're welcome. Thanks. Inspirational motivation. <laughs> mm-hmm. There it is. Always write that last minute late night thought down or jot it down in a note on your phone because you will forget it. The morning, when the morning comes, it's gone. That is true. So would you like to give us a little summary of your book? Oh my goodness! Did you really just ask me that? <laughs> yes, sir. Could I read? Could you I read? Uh, I'll I'll read the um, I'll read the synopsis. That's the perfect. Back. I've got it right here. Okay. Is that cool? Yeah, that's perfect. <laughs> okay, because that's the that's the last thing that an author is good. All my author buddies. We kind of throw them part. off every time we ask. So, but don't be surprised no. if you if you've heard our other episodes. Most people read from their synopsis. They're like, you want me so. to tell you about it? Yeah. <laughs> and it's such a simple, direct question. It shouldn't be, you know, either way for authors, it's, it's always harder than it seems. But here we go. Ungodly. Wicked phenomena strike the isolated campus of Calisade Mountain College. A homeless man sees his dead son in an abandoned dormitory, pursues the boy inside and meets his demise. In the dark of night, a student witnesses a man plummet from a high rise, a surefire suicide, 
but the detectives find no body. A campus police officer on patrol suddenly develops a taste for rape and a homicidal hunger. The townspeople always sensed an intangible wrongness on the mountain, even before the evil enigma was afoot. There we go. Okay. Yeah. I think you need to do the audio version of your book. Yes. Yes. It's <laughs> perfect. Um, is that all three? All yes. 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 Three out of three. It's okay. in the That's universe. Now Now you have to do it. Ten out of ten well, needed for this. Yes. So that that is appreciated. Let me acknowledge that. Um, all three of you, first of all. Uh, you're not the first to recommend that. In fact, my buddy, my buddy uh, Billy Ray Middleton Jr., author of The Nicest Parts of Hell, great dude. Um, <laughs> he he always gets on me. He's like, yeah. By the way, we'll be chatting about anything. Where where are you with the uh, with recording your audio book? And truthfully, I have tried, and um, I've even reached out to. I, I, I've sampled with it, and I don't think I have the the equipment nor the time to make mm. it right because once you get it yeah you know you produce podcasts once you get into the nitty-gritty of the editing and the mm -hmm. micro editing and the polishing and the mastering that's the time you know it's a rabbit uh, hole not, <laughs> yes yes it is and uh, by the way your, your podcast production is, is stellar Aww, like i said everything i've heard you. is is great for sure. I've, I, I remember hearing that Heather is the perfectionist. Yes. So yes. It, it, it comes out. Oh, thank um, you. For sure. But I, not to mention, I you know, perfect segue. I'm a bit a, a, of a perfectionist myself when it mm -hmm. comes to anything I produce. And when it comes to vocalization and the different variations uh, that you could use to, to enhance a story that could uh, somehow potentially hurt a story. Uh, you know, there's just too many variables. And I'm like, you know what? I really want to do this. And I would, you know, uh, no better voice to narrate than the, uh, the creator of the words, the weaver of the words. Mm -hmm. Right. But it's, it would be such a time-consuming task, and it's not out of the question by any means. I'm still, it's still on the table. Uh, there's just, you know, life gets in the way, but mm -hmm. it's the time consumption would ultimately come down to my my being a perfectionist <laughs> and wanting to tweak this and that. I reached out. It's cool you mentioned. I reached out to Thomas Gloom a while back. I was like, man, mm -hmm. your, your equipment, it it just sounds so pure. And he was as kind as could be. Sent oh, me, yes. Sent me the links to every bit of his equipment, uh -huh. uh, software, hardware, you name it. And I was like, wow, man, uh, you know, uh, much appreciated. I haven't been able to really pursue any of that yet. I would love to. But again, it's, uh, the time is the missing ingredient. But yeah, uh, back to the point. Uh, thank you for saying that. It's certainly uh, it's certainly in the conversation. <laughs> Nice. Thomas is amazing. After yeah. the live, he even sent me cool. screenshots of where to go and what to do, and I saved all of it and printed it out. I'm oh, nice. nice. Uh huh. And it worked. And it was stuff. I, like, and it's stuff I was not doing, <laughs> and so it it changed. It made it better. Mm-hmm. So I was very grateful. Yeah, I know. Yeah, there's definitely a lot of good help. That's. I think that's another really great thing about the Bookstagram community is that everybody is willing to help. Mm -hmm. Um. And, you know, um, even if you're in the same field, like you're, it's not really competition or like 
anybody Mm -hmm. being envious of anybody else you know it's more like we're a community and we're helping each other be successful so i agree wholeheartedly Mm-hmm. It's the reality is I'm not I, I don't subscribe to social media. In fact, the only reason I have this account is because a dear friend, uh, another friend in my circle said, yo, B, you have something here. You must create a Instagram account. Uh, no, she, she said a bookstagram account to not scare <laughs> me away. She said because she knew she said. Uh, I said, is there a difference between Bookstagram and Instagram? She said, yeah, uh, no, there isn't. But I said Bookstagram because I didn't want to run you off. Uh-huh. <laughs> Create you a Bookstagram account. I know you're not big on social media. Send your book to Bookstagrammers mm-hmm. and just watch for the uh, just just be patient. So yeah. help me. And sure enough, uh, another excellent angle of uh, pursuit, another mm-hmm. uh, great advice. So, you know, they say man can't take direction. I did right there. And I, I, I'm happy that I listened to that direction because, wow, uh, the community as mm-hmm. uh, thank you for that. The community, as Stephanie just alluded to, it, it's such a it's it's such a cool experience to be a part of that because, you know, uh, I don't do social media. I, I like to avoid the drama and everything else that comes with it. You know, I, I can I handle my affair, uh, my affairs elsewhere. And that's time consuming enough. But this community is not social media for the most part. It's a it's a different feel. It actually has that community feel. Mm -hmm. And that's uh, yeah, I truly dig it, truly Mm -hmm. dig it. And uh, it's cool to be a part of it. And I can't stress enough. (laughs) I never would have expected the reception this book has seen. I just I, you know, Mm -hmm. uh, oh, that's awesome. But sure enough uh it's been it's been awesome could not ask for more in that regard mm-hmm. nice so we heard a little bit about your inspiration for joining bookstagram um and your book really reminds me almost like of a modern day sodom and gomorrah but then it also kind of reminds me of so many historical mysteries like the lost city of Atlantis, you know, the lost colony of Roanoke, the disappearance of the Mayan civilization. So I wanted to know a little bit more about what inspired the story. Great question. And uh, especially the mention of uh, Roanoke. So, uh, you know, that's been spun off this way and that via film, television, um, even fiction, a lot of theories based on that. So, you know, it all started with seeing this this very clear visual of uh, a young woman seeing, uh, looking across the way and seeing a, a backlit silhouette in a red room uh, who came, you know, the character who's, who, who saw this silhouette came to be Amanda Baker. And, you know, it, the, the visual was so intense. It's, it's one of those that mm-hmm. uh, where you truly get in the zone. And, you know, that was where everything started. That was that initial seed where the entire tree bloomed from there and all the other sub stories or branches, if you will, sprouted from there. And I've always loved these big question type mysteries, these 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 heavy, loaded, layered uh, mysteries with with some degree of horror attached. And 
you know, the bigger the mystery, the greater the prize in my eyes. And there was that challenge of creating something like a uh, uh, a remix on a on a Phantoms by Dean Koontz, uh, on uh, the Taking by Dean Koontz. One of these scenarios that you can I don't necessarily like saying apocalyptic, but high stakes type mysteries. Um, where if, if certain things don't line up correctly, if, if, if certain things aren't performed, um, a lot of people are going to get missing and, you know, where it's hard to believe looking back on it as I'm, as I'm talking about it now, it's hard to believe that the entire tree and the eventual, uh, stakes in play um, at the final, with the final result of the story, that it all came from, uh, you know, that that initial visual of Amanda Baker seeing that silhouette uh, in her dorm room, and you know, beyond that, I, it's 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 one of those things that it just once that ball got rolling, that momentum, the story began to tell itself, and I was mm-hmm. just, I was just relaying it as it came to me. Hopefully that's, that's not weak, too weak for you. No, no that's great. Yeah, I, we just love to hear about the process and the mm-hmm. inspiration for these things. Because I'm like, how did you come up with all of this? Awesome. You have to, right? And, and, and sometimes, even now, you know, I'll pick, out, I'll pick out a page. Obviously, I've run it. I've read it front to back many times. Um, but... You know, sometimes I can just pick it up and say, wow, where the what were you thinking? The where did this come from? Uh, you know, some of those uh, once you open those doors and you start going down the rabbit hole, um, you never know what you might find. Uh, but it, it, it wasn't Wonderland, as it turned out. Now, I, I do believe I inscribed one of your books with that very inscription. Um, but yeah, I think it was mine. <laughs> oh, no. Mine was a rabbit hole. Oh, yeah. Don't expect to find Wonderland. Uh-huh. <laughs> I, I have too much fun with those. I really do. <laughs> but, hey, my penmanship is, is as poor as it comes. My eight-year-old can almost write better um, than I can. But Yours is better you than know, mine. <laughs> I think you're just being kind. No, I'm, I'm not. On I'll send you a picture of my notes. <laughs> <laughs> I think I did see. As a matter of fact, you said your notes. I, I did see oh, some red Oh, yes, it is on there. Yeah. On, uh, and my sloppy I saw, writing. I was like, wait a minute. I said, let me see. I noticed <laughs> a few of that. I noticed the passage on the Kindle. I said, let mm-hmm. me look a little bit closer. What's underneath? And sure enough, I saw some names and some words uh-huh. I recognized. I said, this is going to be a good conversation. <laughs> yes. This is going to be a good conversation. I love note takers because I didn't do it back in school. Mm-hmm. I always admired it, but, you know, uh, it's good practice. Let's say that. I do it for my question coming up. How did you pick all of the characters' names and how do you keep track of all of them? Because you didn't just give them first names. You gave them last names, too. Yeah. <laughs> I was very yeah. impressed. Thank you for that. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that, that got... Um, that's a great question. And that the character naming and the accounting thereof can get away from you if you're not careful very Mm -hmm. easily so obviously once things got moving and please understand that 
you know, I, I had a general, I had land post, uh, landmarks and, and uh, mile markers, if you will, in terms of what I anticipated may occur in the, in the just bare naked skeleton of the story. But of course, once you start, once you start, uh, filling it in with me and meaning, then, uh, you know, that, that kind of, that stuff kind of comes over time and you may hit some of those initial mile, mile markers. You may not, but you're generally pretty close, but you know, the naming of the characters once it started with an initial scene, um, you know, and you, you got that, then you, then you go to the next scene and you meet new characters and eventually, you know, I'm like, all right, I'm meeting, I'm taking a, a tour of Calisade mountain and mm-hmm. I'm beginning to meet a lot of people. So I'm going to have to keep track of this. So yeah. Um, the best way I did it when I, when I was doing the initial draft, I had to take out my notebook and write it all down. Mm-hmm. And, you know, nowadays, uh, I do my best writing on a app on my phone. I'm just one of those guys. I like to be able to listen to my tunes, walk around, jot a line here and there. That's just that's just the best way. Mm-hmm. It's just the best way I, I operate because when I initially started writing, I would sit down in front of a, a computer or a laptop and I would stare at that blank white screen and I would get what what some writers call screen fright. And I just couldn't produce. I was just, you know, that glaring white screen. It was just too much. It was, it was too intimidating for me. But if you look at it in, in something as, as big as your, uh, uh, your phone screen, it's not so intimidating. And a few words here and there, you begin to fill up that space, that screen, much quicker than you will um, on, on a laptop screen, on a desktop screen. So it's, it was kind of a little psychological trick for me. Um, and it certainly helped because between, uh, all of us, n- I would say 90 to 95% of ungodly was written on my phone. Oh, that's amazing. <laughs> now I, I will not say it was easy in the formatting and the transfer to an actual word document, but mm-hmm. for getting down the skeleton of the story and, uh, a large majority of the uh, the fluff and 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 uh, the trimmings and everything else that was it was on the phone. Your storage piece got to be like at its max <laughs> with all your notes and yes. What, yes which app did you sure. use on your phone? I'm so intrigued. when I when I started and it's funny I remember when I when I got the app it was initially iWriter. My wife and I were just about to board a flight to L.A. We were going, this was back in 2013, 2013 when I started writing this. I don't know how I remember this, but it's one of those moments where it was kind of one of those game-changing moments because, wow, I can write in my, in my hand now. I can write on the plane. Um, I downloaded iWriter, and on the way, you know, I've got it in airplane mode, but I'm still using the app, and I turn out. I, I just get in one of those zones and that's mm-hmm. really, I start saying, uh, matter of fact, I, I really felt Amanda Baker's spirit um, and her resilience while on that flight to LA. I'll never forget it. I was like, yeah, I've started many projects. I've, uh, you know, and, and cast them aside due to lost interest. I said, but this young woman's character and strength, she's going to push me through the end of this one. Sure enough. And mm-hmm. she did. 
Mm-hmm. So, um, you'll have to forgive me. I get long-winded and go off on tangents. No, no, but... you're fine. <laughs> no, it's good. Um, so, a lot of your kill scenes were really intense, and they were just like, man, every <laughs> scene I was like, oh my gosh, I had to close my eyes or throw a blanket <laughs> over my head, hoping it would help. But what was your favorite kill scene? Oh, gosh. If I say this, it's going to be. <laughs> it's okay. It's okay. Is this a safe space? Yes, Can it's you a safe space. Me that? Oh, yes. Yes. We are. This we is a judgment is it, free zone. Imagine kills all the time. <laughs> I can see your planet, times. your planet fitness shirt, the judgment free zone. <laughs> okay. So, all right. You know, Karen Hebelow is a, uh, I loved Karen Hebelow. She was a great character. In fact, if there was a saint in the, in the book, it may be her. Um, but let me just say that I've never experienced a zone quite like I have uh, when uh, Karen Hebelo met her demise. Mm-hmm. I have never, spoiler alert, sorry, can we take that back 30? <laughs> yeah. Uh, I have never experienced, uh, I played many sports growing up and I, I was fortunate enough to feel that from an athletic standpoint. But that was the very first time and most intense, possessed writing zone I've ever experienced. And in fact, I wrote the entire scene, uh, the entire chapter in one sitting. And I remember when I emerged from the experience, it was it was like one of those. I don't want to say out of body, but I wasn't entirely in control. It, it was it was very strong. Um, but I remember when I got through with it and I emerged, I was like, all right, I got to get out of here. You know, things got dark. I, I put it down. I didn't want to get back into it that night and I came back to it. I woke up the next day and I read it and I was like, wow, this was intense. And it's one of the very few scenes that remained relatively unchanged from the initial scripting of it, the the initial draft. And the reason it means so much, uh, the reason I'll always remember it is because the only word that came to mind after I initially read it the following morning was ungodly. Mm. And that inspired the title. So mm. nice. Mm. I have a question about poor Karen. Mm. <laughs> I feel like she just wanted to be loved. Yes. And I loved her dream. And I made me wonder if all librarians have the same dream. <laughs> And I was wondering if she was inspired by anyone, like a favorite librarian growing up or not for her demise, but just her as a being. I would say qualities of her uh, qualities and some of Karen's traits were represented in people that I knew growing up, people in my circle, Um, you know, not to a T. But there's mm-hmm. certainly there's certainly a degree of similarity there for sure. And, you know, let me let me take a side step here and say um, I, I cannot be held responsible for any unbecoming behavior of the characters in that novel. There were some bad characters in there. OK, and I'm not I cannot be held responsible. <laughs> any acts of heroism. OK, we can talk. But uh, I'm just kidding. It's, it's all <laughs> uh, there were some bad 
bad apples in that bunch but that's that's life right it is that is mm-hmm. and it kind of made the book what it is i mean i feel like a lot of your characters really needed to be placed in that light to make the book mm-hmm. what it was what well, made it more real yeah because mm-hmm. what society has like all nice people <laughs> with right. sunshine and rainbows no we've got some world. like weird no um not no more um She's but like, i'm realistic it, it was very realistic to me mm-hmm. nice. like oh, you yeah. would see so it like it could happen mm-hmm. you know when especially in a community where it's so small mm-hmm. and so secluded from the rest of the world so to speak like i mean obviously there's still stuff close by but I mean, you're living up on a mountain. Mm-hmm. You don't really have to follow everybody else's rules. And as long as the people around you look the other way, mm-hmm. then go. You're exactly what right. You do. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> I you're love You're exactly it. right. I appreciate that. That means so much. Mm-hmm. And you just mentioned, um, one of you just mentioned that the isolation factor, that's something we have to keep in mind. And I remember one reader, I, I've received uh, a, a lot of awesome feedback, but don't don't be mistaken. I've also received some, uh, I don't want to say hate mail, but critique about certain characters. And, and I certainly understand that everyone is entitled to their uh, opinion. That's the beauty of fiction and diversified mm-hmm. interpretation thereof. Mm-hmm. But it's... Um, I had one reader reach out who was very upset about how police officers don't behave this way. Um, (laughs) Officers don't behave this way. I said, I appreciate your response. I said, if, if, you know, if if all officers behaved exactly the way that you are portraying them to behave, it would be a wonderful world. Mm -hmm. Uh, And I respect, uh, trust me, I respect police officers. I Mm -hmm. I do. I've got friends in there. That's not a slight on them. I'm saying, um, you know, the world we live in and news we've been introduced Mm to Mm -hmm. um, would make a strong case for the other side of the conversation. Right. Mm -hmm. And uh, that's not a slight on anyone. That's just acknowledging reality. Mm -hmm. And. But, yeah, I've got very dear friends who uh, they know I I love them to death for the protection they provide. They Mm -hmm. are good, honest working officers of the law. And, uh, you know, but again, in every bunch, there's going to be some some bad apples. That's just the way it is. My dad was a cop. So growing up, I was always at the police department and. I respect all of them, but I will be the first one to say that there are bad apples Mm -hmm. and there are some that should have never been in that position in the first place. But I mean, it is what it is. (laughs) Yeah. And that's with almost every profession, too. It's like Mm -hmm. it's not just about. So true. But, you know, elected officials, Mm -hmm. teachers, like how many cases do we not hear, you know, that are Mm -hmm. horrible, but real. I mean, at least that's why I Mm -hmm. feel like it's very real. Yeah. Like in the book and it was perfect. Mm hmm. Thank yeah. you for that. Mm-hmm. Let's face it. Corruption does not discriminate in oh, any job arena. Nope. Mm-hmm. It, it doesn't. In, in, in any job arena. Um, it just so happens that the conversation we're having and the scenario in play involves a, a police officer or, mm-hmm. or a uh, campus police officer. Yeah. Um, I don't want to call him a rent-a-cop. He may have been called. <laughs> I, don't, I don't know. I, I, I don't. That seems a little unbecoming on my part. So I'm not going to. Yeah. When I was um, reading those scenes, I was like, I can so picture this happening, like even where we live, because a lot of the partying happens in the same area. Mm-hmm. And I can just picture them being parked a little ways down, 
mm-hmm. or like in the alley, just waiting. Oh, there's the one I want, and then just stalking <laughs> them till their cars. Well, they do I that can in the freeway. Yeah, that's how I got my first and only ever ticket. Oh no, driving to work Aww. from here to Delano, <laughs> into my neck of the woods. Yeah, no, but yeah, I mean, it definitely does happen, and I think even just the the teardown of or the breakdown of his character, which I know we only got a glimpse of it, but at one point he wasn't having the thoughts that he was having and he wasn't doing the behaviors that he was doing. It, mm-hmm. it just so happened gradually and ended very badly. Again, yes. craving to yeah. see what he could get away with. Mm-hmm. It's that whole position of power. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Maybe because he was a rent-a-cop, he wanted to feel more important. <laughs> he wanted to be a real cop. Yes. I'm a real you, boy. <laughs> I, <laughs> I got that sense as well. Mm-hmm. I got that sense as well. You know, I hung out with uh, I hung out with him a little bit. And I didn't necessarily enjoy my time <laughs> with it, but I, I did kind of get that air of uh, inflated authority, if yeah. you will. And uh you know, that is very real as well. So it continues mm-hmm. the conversation. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Good stuff. Not to go from real to a plausibility. I'll take us back. But I'm not wild <laughs> for no reason, right? <laughs> um, so a lot of your book or in, in the book and at some point in the book, I think the big question was um, if it's religious, supernatural, or is it some kind of extraterrestrial beings and I know there was a, a without well we spoiler alert guys come on um so uh there's a part where Amanda has a dream or not a dream but mm-hmm. you can call it that I guess um she gets yeah. a message and she starts to describe you know this higher power this higher being in it it gave me I don't know if you watch the show Ancient Aliens, but it gave me ancient alien vibes in that um, she describes, you know, that God is not what we think of him or, or how most people think of him. And um, so that reminded me just of in, in the show when they go back and they're like, well, there's these higher like um, hieroglyphics or something. And there's this celestial being that is arriving and teaching um, the civilizations, different things in different parts of the country. So it kind of, it kind of gave me those vibes. Um, so I just wanted to kind of pick your brain a little and see where that came from or, or what essentially led you to exploring that in the book. First of all, thank you for asking that. That is a stellar question, very layered, very, um, in depth, I have it. That's, that's one of my favorite questions I've been asked uh, because it gets right to it in regards to the uh, the overarching dilemma, I guess. Um, so I've seen some of ancient aliens, but not enough to have. Um, it seems like every time I turn it on there, and I don't have much TV time these days. Mm-hmm. Let me make that very clear. Um, it seems like every time uh, I would have turned it on, I'm right there in the, in the middle of the show and it's, it's at a part that's like, all right, I've lost too much, but, um, you know, I've always, I, one thing for sure that I wanted to do was with, with 
100% certainty from the moment I got the vision and the, and the ball got rolling and the story is more or less, um, it's not written, but the conceptually it's, it's, it's in place, it's in my mind and the wheels are turning, which is the most important thing to really start. And I, I start piecing it out from there and, and working out the puzzle front to back, back to front to at least, uh, put in place those mile markers as I already forementioned. But, um, you know, if religious horror is always one of those things that it can be done when it's done well, it can be done when it's done well, it, it, it can be exceptional. I didn't want to, to write a religious horror story, but I did want to, um, I did want to entwine that in the overall threading of the story, of the mystery itself, the crux behind everything. As you mentioned, there's not it's not just an either or scenario. It's not either A or B. It's A, B, C, or or possibly even E, or uh, excuse me, possibly even D, or let's even go with E, not enough information. Mm-hmm. And because my favorite stories are the ones I can't tell you how many times I've read a book or watched a movie, a show where there's initial there's an initial mystery planted. And the way my mind works I, as a writer, as a as a as a thinker down the line, I, I'm always thinking about the clockwork behind a scene. I'm saying, why is this happening? Mm-hmm. And too many times in a in a book, in a movie, in a show, I predict the ending, and I'm not mm-hmm. always right, but a lot of times I am, and that's it. Ruins it for me. It just ruins it. I can see it coming a mile away, way too early. So, I said the one thing I want to do. This was a, a a concerted effort was to create something ambiguous enough that it's interesting and intriguing, uh, not in a frustrating way, not not entirely elusive, but it gives the reader enough, just enough that it's unpredictable, yet unput downable, mm-hmm. if that makes sense. It does because yeah. if so far. No one, and, and and maybe someone will, but so far I've not heard anyone that says, I totally predicted that ending. I saw mm-hmm. how things would pan out. I'm saying, I don't know how, because I didn't. I don't, I, I didn't until the ball got rolling. And so help me once, you know, I, I would say over the halfway point, two thirds of the way in, you know, the true th- thriller aspect of the story comes out and, I liken it to the roller coaster effect where once 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 the scene is set, it's all downhill. You know, mm-hmm. there's no more clicking going up the track. It's all a fast descent from there. And, you know, things just started happening. And I I haven't heard anyone say that they predicted the ending. And for that, I couldn't be more grateful. Mm-hmm. A little bit of a tangent on your question, but. That's no. really the gist of it, trying to thread that that overarching, ambiguous mystery that is unpredictable as as uh, enigmatic, mm-hmm. if that makes sense. Yeah. Mm-hmm. 
So um, I have a question for you. How does the mama mentality manifest in your writing? Wow. Mm. I didn't come up with this. One of your writer friends told me to ask you and for you to guess who it was. I'm going to say this is H.D. Scarberry. No. (laughs) No? Mm Mm-mm. Guess again. (laughs) Emily Terry. Nope. (laughs) This is Calvin Ellis. Yes. Third time. He was like, I know he's going to guess it. But yes, he wants to know. Well, let's face it. Kobe is my guy. He's, (laughs) He's always been my guy. And... He was he was my guy before I even long before I even started writing and even in my baby years. And I'm probably still a baby writer. But uh, when I initially got going, when I when I learned how to toddle or just walk, if you will, as a writer, um, Kobe Bryant's been that dude of inspiration that, you know, uh, all all the sports I grew up playing, but the thing about it is, what he preaches, his his philosophy on life and uh, uh, developing a supreme level of confidence in any endeavor that applies to anything, right? These mm-hmm. are universal principles. So, you know, when I read his actual book, I've always followed him, always enjoyed him. Rest in peace, by the way. Mm-hmm. Um, that's candles always burning for him. But, um, you know, when I read that book and I actually, I, I, would known about what he, uh, I'd known, I'd known about his, his sermons and what he, his lessons and everything like that. But I, when I read the Mamba mentality and learned exactly the, the nuances of that thinking, the, the true ins and outs and, how applicable it was to everything outside of basketball. That's when I was like, wow. Um, you know, this is, it, it was one of those game changing brain shattering kind of moments. And, uh, you know, uh, anything the dude did was spectacular, superior. Uh, he was a man among boys. Uh, but, that book, the Mamba mentality, and the overall, just the slogan itself, and the the meaning behind the message, um, it's it's so powerful. And you know, there were times when I was writing that book that, and it took time. You don't write a book like this that's layered and and this, you know, it doesn't come out overnight, obviously. And there were times where, yeah, I thought I had gotten. Uh, things were tricky and any project every writer will attest that that things get hard Um, there's those times where you're where where am I going to go from here but I heard a great wise writer once say don't be afraid uh, to back yourself in a corner Um, just be prepared to come out swinging so um, eventually you know uh, bringing that mambo mentality into those moments where things were not looking as good, uh, writing's not as productive, lacking in the create creativity, whatever, uh, lacking in the motivation. Uh, in that corner, uh, I came out swinging, 
And I said, this story is about to catch these hands. I just hope it's ready. <laughs> I like that. <laughs> That's awesome. <laughs> <laughs> All good stuff. Yes. Rest in peace, Cope. I mentioned when, when you asked about the writer, the writing app, mm-hmm. iWriter. I downloaded that just before boarding the plane to L.A. That was to go out there and watch. Kobe I was just going to ask you that. <laughs> yeah. If yeah, you were coming to see him play. You better believe it. We went out there to first and foremost. I wanted to see Kobe play at the Staples Center. And Mm -hmm. then after that, my wife, uh, her childhood best friend, they were stationed out there. Her husband, military uh, man, he he was stationed out there and we went to visit them. And it was an awesome time. Oh, that's cool. Awesome Mm -hmm. time. Yeah, for sure. We were in L.A. when he passed away. Oh, yeah. Oh, we, were, we were shopping for our friend's wedding. <laughs> yep. Did you did you I get the pregnant. news when you were out? No, we were actually we having, were having breakfast. breakfast. Yeah. And we were in a bar and grill for breakfast, having mm-hmm. drinks. Yeah. Well, <laughs> not me. Breakfast. I was pregnant. <laughs> and I was having water. The Shame. whole like breakfast area no not like shame on shut- pregnancy excuse me <laughs> I'm sorry I'm sorry shame you weren't able to drink it. yeah yeah no I it's okay I got you. it I'm sorry. Good we were I was drinking yeah. everybody was drinking except me and well luckily I wasn't the only pregnant one at the time so I wasn't alone and not drinking <laughs> but yeah the whole like the waiters, the cooks, yeah. everybody stopped and we're like, mm-hmm. what's going on? Well, we Nobody's thought it was fake us. news at first. We, mm-hmm. You know how there's a lot of times when there will, there will be those, uh, I don't know, all I can think of is fake news. Like, um, <laughs> yes. And then, yeah, and then uh, one of our friends, the one who was getting married, uh, she is like a big time Kobe Bryant fan. And so she was crying during breakfast pretty we love you but (laughs) she was crying during breakfast (laughs) Um, you felt the change though i'm sure like in in people's attitude they're Mm -hmm. like see the way i got the news was my son uh, excuse me my son and i we were at altitude a trampoline park bouncing Mm -hmm. around having a good time and i left my phone in, in, in my truck and when i got out I, we got back in the truck. We had a good workout. We both got a good sweat on. We're, we we had fun. We played dodgeball. I get back to my phone, and so help me, I had 45, maybe 50 text messages. Oh, and all I'm oh. seeing is, I'm sorry. I can't believe it. And all it is is a bunch of I'm sorry. I'm scrolling. I'm looking up, and I see something about Kobe, and then another mm-hmm. Kobe. I'm like, what just happened? Mm-hmm. And I Google Kobe, and... Google fills in the rest, helicopter crash. Mm-hmm. And um, my heart just sank. My son's in the back. I just got him buckled in. And he's like, what's wrong, Dad? I, I didn't even have the heart. I couldn't even speak at the time. Mm-hmm. I could not even tell him. Um, it was one of those moments that, you know, it, it rocked me. It's like, this kid, this didn't just happen. There's no way this happened. Mm-hmm. How how can the how can this how can this happen to such a a such a large figure, such mm-hmm. a a hero to so many, right? Mm-hmm. Um, but sure enough, um, it did. And yeah, I've said it once. I'll say it again. Kobe was just uh, he was too large for this plane. He was he was he was larger than life. He was he was too big for this plane. Mm-hmm. Uh, so you know, and, and a. A guy like that, 
it never truly dies. Obviously, his legacy lives on. I would love to get back out there to L.A. to see some of those murals and dedications mm-hmm. oh, and all yeah. that beautiful art that has came about since his passing. Um, you know, because that's, that's that's Kobe town now. Let's face oh, it. Yeah. And it is L.A., you know, after his passing, it was like you could even drive through there. Mm-hmm. The parades and everybody like doing memorials yeah everything kind of going on um sorry we got distracted with kobe (laughs) i'm gonna take you on many tangents you're you're due for at least three okay you're fine um so out of your your characters i know we talked about there was quite a few in there and you know some had some greater meeting and some had you know not as much meaning, but what was your favorite character or what was the one you related to the most? No doubt Amanda Baker was mm-hmm. the initial driving force behind the novel. And once I once I met and really discovered her spirit, like her, her, her spirit really came to life once she meets her, her initial conflict, the police don't believe her. Um, that's when I was like, eh, you know, this, this, she's, she's got it. You know, she's going to carry me through this one. Cause I can't tell you how many projects and writing, uh, writing projects I've abandoned just due to lost interest. But she, all due credit goes to her because of obviously her fundamental flaw. And, um, I just sensed there was, I didn't know what redemption may come for her. But I knew somehow she would, her character, her fundamental flaw would be redeemed, come full circle. And sure enough. So, um, yeah, yeah. She, Amanda Baker, for sure. I love Brian Jackson. Mm-hmm. Uh, he was, um, I, what can I say? Um, he was that dude. Yeah. <laughs> I loved Brian and Will's relationship uh-huh. it was amazing it kind of reminded <laughs> their bar scene of where us. they're like uh like pick, picking up on each other mm-hmm. but they're not really doing yeah <laughs> great guys i've heard i've heard someone say they had a good bromance i was like that, <laughs> that's a good way to put it that is well <laughs> and that's oh yeah sorry go ahead no you're you're good that was um, it i was gonna say uh at the towards the end where he has to make a choice it almost reminded me of like a that ba- is it Batman Batman and Robin where he has to pick between the love interest and then Robin mm. and yes. Batman's like what do I do <laughs> that's what I reminded wow. me <laughs> such good connections yes. um, I appreciate that for sure because I know the scene I've always I've been a big Batman fan since uh Michael Keaton, uh, even before him. Mm-hmm. So, uh, big Batman fan here. Good stuff. Nice. Um, so, one of the things, and and you know, I don't know if it's just your writing style, but I noticed a lot of. Well, I mean, obviously, it's your writing style, right? <laughs> but um, your writing was almost poetic in a sense. So, I know there were actual poems in there, but even just um, the letter. I think it was the 1986 where the, they found the girl outside the church and she wrote this letter. Um, there was almost like a, a limerick in the letter. And so I was wondering if um, you read or write poetry at all or um, how 
how did that writing style come about for you? That's so cool. Yet again, what a great question. Um, I would say that poetry was my gateway into writing way back when, before I, um, long before I knew what I was doing, long before I really had an interest in writing stories, let alone a novel. And, you know, it was one of those fun, rhythmic ways. I've always loved music, right? And especially the instrumental side. So certain songs, as good as the vocals, as good as the lyrics are, sometimes I just like listen to the intro, uh, listening to the in- instrumental aspect of the song. Mm-hmm. And you can you can apply your own lyrics. So, you know, with that, those little tidbits of rhyme and poetry, that was that was what initially drew me to the English language. You know, the, the beauty of it, the, you know, and just two lines and, and eight words, the image you can create, mm-hmm. the the beauty um, that you can you can potentially create the imagery, all that. It's just uh, it's always fascinated me. And then once once I developed, you know, I started working with it and practicing with it, I was like, you know, my poetry, my rhyme, it can get away from me if I'm not careful, but I can also, you know, and it will, let me tell you that first draft, <laughs> there was some, there were some, <laughs> some passages, many pages that did not belong by any means. And, uh, they found the cutting room floor, fortunately, but, um, yeah, you can't, yeah, I always say a writing style is a writer's fingerprint. It's it's their identity, and it generally comes uh, inspirationally from from certain sources, right? You don't just a writer isn't born without reading uh, from from a certain medium. Generally, uh, there may be uh, uh, one of those oddballs out there, but generally it comes from reading something a certain style and no doubt Stephen King was a big inspiration, but it all started with Dean Koontz. And, you know, I've, I've said it before. I've, I felt like having read enough of their books, you know, Dean Koontz can get carried away in overly flowery and purple descriptive prose. And sometimes Stephen King can get a little lazy, if not lax um, with his, with his, uh, slangy conversational prose, but within there's a there's a there's a blend within that uh, the beautiful flowery prose and the uh, and the relaxed conversational style of prose that can produce a solid writing style. And I think just reading enough of those two guys and my initial love, um, foundational love for the language and poetry that kind of produced the writing style. And that's another thing that I never anticipated so many people remarking on. I've had so much heartfelt feedback in regards to the the prose and the writing style. uh, And it never gets old. I can't say it's always, it's, it's always appreciated to the max. It's one of those things Mm -hmm. that I, I never anticipated. It's one thing to be good with words 
It's another thing to be able to use those words and craft a solid story because the two don't, they don't automatically go together. Right. Mm -hmm. They don't. So, uh, to hear that people really love the story and then to hear that the writing style has been, um, was a highlight. That's yeah. That's as cool as it gets for me. Thank you for remarking on it. <laughs> she stole my question. I did. I had it on the bottom. I crossed it out. It's fine. What was it? His writing inspiration. Oh, it's fine. It got answered. Sorry. It got answered. Yeah. So we're good. Was it like, good? I just did it fit the, the bill? Yes. Yeah. The yeah. poetry part we had discussed a little bit before we called you. The one that got me the most and actually made me cry was Brian's at the end. And I like I one that I like when books will evoke emotions from like from me like that. So I really loved it. Yeah, I'll be honest with you. Um, I've never. Yeah, that that writing that part shattered me. That was tough because uh, I don't want to give away anything here because that's a big one. But um, yeah, that was. That was a tough send off. And that was one of the hardest things I've ever written um, as far as fiction is concerned. Mm -hmm. And um, it's one of those things I've always heard. I've always heard that it's not about the beginning or the end. I think it was Dean Koontz who said said it. Uh, It's not the it's not about the beginning or the end. It's the journey to a degree. I agree with that. But I want to have a good beginning. I want to have a pretty solid middle, the journey, and I want to have a damn good ending. I, I don't want people to enjoy the entire ride, but not enjoy the conclusion. Now, as far as the result goes, that's another conversation. Whether one is pulling for this result or the or the alternative, that, that's another conversation. But the fact remains, it's climactic. And it and it ends with a bang. Let's just let's just say that I don't like endings that fall flat, and uh, because that can that can bring down an otherwise great story, mm-hmm. an otherwise great book. And for the most part, I've heard that um, it delivered with a bang. Whether the final result was favored or not, um, it was climactic to say the least. Mm-hmm. Yeah. It just, it left you, like, like we talked about, it's real, you know, it's not all flowers and sugar plums at the mm-hmm. end of life. It's... Bittersweet. Mm-hmm. Can yeah. we settle on that? Yeah. 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 Um, is that a suitable term? <laughs> yes. So, what is next for you in your writing? <laughs> I'm thinking about tackling a children's book, a lighthearted children's book. I'm just kidding. I, I, I was like, wow, that's a big switch. That's a big switch. I was like, right? okay. You don't know what's coming. Remember, Manola has a book unpre- coming. Right. Hey, unpredictability. Unpredictability is my MO. So uh, go from this wicked piece of fiction to uh, uh, rainbows and butterflies. Okay, I'm children's ready. Children's release. Um, no, I, I'll be honest with you. I've got a bunch of, I've mentioned so many unfinished stories um, partially opened concepts, boxes, if you will, that just haven't, I, I haven't given that time, but one there, that's the main missing ingredient right now. I'm good. Uh, mm-hmm. I, I, I haven't, 
I haven't put a lot of time into uh, writing. Uh, what I will say is I've been honored to read a lot of the great and stellar indie talent mm -hmm. uh, in the community and shine on those as best as I can. I don't get to read as much as I would like to, obviously, because there is so much great talent out there and so much mm -hmm. talent I've yet to even explore. Uh, but I will say what I have read um, from the talented authors in the indie sphere has been just stellar. And I've been able to shine on those a little bit. And the success of this book has provided me a platform that gives me a little bit of credibility in that regard. And that's probably, I'll be honest with you, I'm not about the, uh, I'm, I, I wear a mask for crying out loud. I'm not about the van, I'm not about the vanity of it. I'm not about the, it's me, me, me. Mm -hmm. it's the story is what matters if you enjoy the story you know mm -hmm. and i love people i know people love to see well i want to see the face behind it i want to i want to know what the man looks like but really it's not about what the man looks like it's not about that it's mm -hmm. about it's about the story itself and as long as that makes it i understand curiosity and of course when there's mystery with a mask there's it almost en en enhances that curiosity the entry but um you know I, I heard i heard one female friend who i think of very highly um who is far from a an ugly woman uh, but is is very talented in her other pursuits and her other de endeavors a a stellar uh academia uh she's you know top notch she said i always wish i could learn I, I could know if I'm being judged by my actual talent mm -hmm. or by my looks. <laughs> and that always stuck with me. I said, wow, you know, um, so, you know, I'm not saying um, it's, it's great that for the most part, this book has been judged, not all my looks, you know, the mask is cool. Sure. If you're into that kind of thing, but it's not <laughs> about, it, it's not about the looks of me. It's the story itself. So mm -hmm. I know I can never completely uh, replicate that scenario that she's that she's went through. But I do know that it's not on account of my face. And, you know, I'm not going to say I'm some some model that deserves the runway right now. Mm -hmm. But I will say that I've never scared anyone away. And it's good to know that, you know, this isn't predicated on looks or anything of vanity, anything vanity based, right? It's yeah. all, it's, it's all in your it's talent. the story itself. Yes. Yes. And that, so that answers that question and that eliminates that, you know, does someone like you just cause, just cause you're well built, you got a good physique. Is it that you got a good game on Instagram? No, it's because the book itself satisfied readers and that's all that matters. That's all that matters. Um, with um, today's crazy society, this book really hit home with like real life factors. Were those instances things that you've dealt with or a fear of like things that your kids may have to deal with? Directly and indirectly. Yes, both. Mm -hmm. um, you know, people personally, as well as people very close to me in my circle who have experienced um, similar situations. And this was the most constructive medium that I could 
uh, exercise those demons and have those uh, uh, experience that therapeutic release, if you will. Mm-hmm. I was yeah. very impressed with the things that you did put in there. Like I wouldn't well, have thought of you. those things. Thank you for that. Mm-hmm. I, I promise you, um, as I've told anyone who uh, may have been, and again, I, I'm always open to everyone's opinion. Uh, everyone is entitled to it. I've, uh, everything serves a purpose in that book. I assure mm-hmm. you, nothing, nothing, nothing is uh, for vanity's sake, for, for triviality. It all serves a purpose, whether it's seen on the surface, on initial read or not. Um, you know, it's, it's, not, um, it's not without reason. Mm-hmm. So we enjoyed it. We did. we did. It was really good. And it it really made us think about a lot of different things, mm-hmm. supernatural and otherwise. So we want to see what else is in your drawer of goodies. Yeah. Mm-hmm. A lot more. Things you've stashed away that we need to see and the world needs uh, to see. Yes. I love it. I love it. <laughs> another, I was you know, the other thing about this community, an extension of this community, is uh, really anyone who shouts out books and champions books, especially those for indie authors who don't get the support from from publishers, from big press, right? Mm-hmm. Um, ner- uh, the nerdy narrative uh, was apparently she really took to the book. She called it a top five read last year, and she she reads hundreds hundreds of books and. You know, I was blown away. I'm blown away by any any time someone says it's a it's a favorite read for them. But she made she made a joke in that regard. That uh, was just that was just mentioned. She said, "Braden, go back to that drawer. Whatever's in it, dump it out <laughs> and get, put it out there." And mm-hmm. you know, that's it's it's it is heartfelt. Trust me, that does not fall on deaf ears. It's heard loud and clear. <laughs> You can't just leave us hanging. We need more. We need more books. We do. I I appreciate that. But let's be let's be honest about it though. I can't help but think about down the road, fifty years from now, however many years when my time has come and went, and somebody finds this book at a at a Goodwill, at a secondhand store, at one of those one of the very few remaining. Uh, beautiful creations they are secondhand bookshops and they see this they see this book called ungodly and they read it and they enjoy it and they're like what else did this dude put out i really enjoyed this and they see this is the only title you know what are they gonna think i can't help but (laughs) (laughs) i think that answers the question No further questions. Your Honor. <laughs> I've had God. it happen to me before, so that's why I know how it feels. <laughs> but let's think about let's think about other one hit novelists or one. Uh, look, I don't like saying one hit wonders, mm-hmm. but let, let's just say that um, where the red fern grows. Who is the author of the name eludes me at the moment? And I'm not even putting myself on that level. Please don't think that. <laughs> I'm saying notable one book authors. 
Where the I, Red Fern Grows, I believe, is a one-book author. I don't like where this is going because I feel like you're trying to convince yeah, us I don't that either. we <laughs> should accept that this is the only book. Okay, we'll detour. <laughs> we'll detour it, you're, you're a chess player. <laughs> she is. You, predi- you predicted my move. Yes. <laughs> Oh man, this is awesome. <laughs> That's too good. It was honestly, it, it was not only was it great to read this book and mm-hmm. to really explore all the different possibilities and all the different thoughts that it made us explore, but it was also really cool to be able to pick at your brain mm-hmm. um, and see where where these thoughts throb walkers <laughs> did you like that yeah that yeah i think krisha mentioned something about it earlier which yeah. is like because i wrote throb, throb walkers. walkers everywhere all over my yeah. notes i'm the throb walker yeah. <laughs> and then i just i loved your um sorority anthem in the beginning yes <laughs> oh. <laughs> let's See, just say that- at work i was just like humming it to myself <laughs> <laughs> so the thrill seeker was satisfied. I Is was, that what we're saying? That's just I think this book satisfied all of us. Mm-hmm. Yeah. yeah. Mm-hmm. Like yeah. Anti, you know, group setting like that. Like, I don't like sororities. Or I shouldn't say I don't like sororities. I've never been in a sorority. But <laughs> <laughs> you don't like the way they're depicted. Yes. <laughs> so the anthem was great, by the way. No, yeah, it was. That's I, I think Thank it was the... One of my my things that made me fall in love with Amanda was just her telling off the queen. Yes. You could say bitch, right? I loved it. Yeah. And then how she went and got sushi after. Yeah. Like, let me go enjoy my life now. Yes. It's just another day. Yeah. I'm going to do me. Mm-hmm. I mean, I, I'm a sushi fan. I'm sorry. So that's my inspiration. Oh, we love I, I yeah. think Amanda. I think Amanda loves sushi even without me. But that Aww. was uh, I was right there with that. I was like, mm-hmm. yeah, this is this is going to be a good evening. We're eating sushi mm-hmm. tonight. Mm-hmm. So mm-hmm. any night cool. with sushi is a good night. Oh, yeah, definitely. Definitely. <laughs> I remember you now, posted you, the menu on Instagram one day. I did. Someone asked me what I was reading and I was like, well, I'm just going to show them this Nico sushi menu because mm-hmm. that is what I'm reading. And uh-huh. uh, <laughs> maybe remember. someone will lend me some inspiration on what I should get. See, the thing is, I love I, I love any kind of sushi as a, as exotic as you can serve it to me. Uh, but you and Stephanie I, would be mealmates. <laughs> yeah, for yeah. sure. No, no, no. Yeah. My somebody has said, B, you will eat it. If it looks like it will crawl off your plate, man. Yeah, and we were talking about um, is it Japan where they have those little uh-huh. baby octopus and you just like swallow them alive? Totally yeah. Do that. Would, would you, you do it? Yeah. Oh yeah. Definitely. Okay. So what about what about the blowfish? Yes, where we had this conversation. Yes, we, uh-huh. yeah, mm-hmm, inspired by Charlie's Angels when I was like seven. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. They would, and I would yeah. just watch. Yeah, we yeah. would try. I it. couldn't. Mm-hmm. And I, I mean, the percentage the that we are. die, it obviously not has that to bad. be like they're going bad, right? That's where you're gonna die. <laughs> I can't the, remember how what fresh the is it, right? I'll be if like, the wait, toxins aren't let's take it in properly. a big group so that that way the probability goes down, right? <laughs> right. You see where I'm <laughs> the odds are in our favor, right? <laughs> let's just shoot. Everyone stand in the circle. Let's shoot a bow and arrow in the air, and let's see where it falls. Yeah, I right. mean, why not? <laughs> <laughs> No, I I love I love sushi. I you know, every time I joke about the blowfish, 
scenario, it's uh, it's one of those questions. Where do I draw the line as far as my exotic food intake? Right. Mm -hmm. Uh, How how daring am I willing to go? And as far as I don't know of any chefs based in the USA who would be qualified for that. Maybe I'm wrong. I haven't done enough research, but. You'd have to go um, to Japan or somewhere. You guys are brave. Yeah. yeah, yeah. But either way, I mean, now you I'd give probably me wait any until time. My son's eighteen, so I don't have to leave him behind. But <laughs> is he a sushi eater already? Uh, no, he eats a lot of different food. But I'm saying for the blowfish thing. Now that I'm thinking about it, I'm like, okay, maybe in like sixteen years. Mine's old enough. Yeah, yeah. Spend for himself. Know, I'll try it. Yeah. <laughs> I, I love sashimi. I oh, really yes. love sashimi mm-hmm. and because obviously the rice, if you get the standard rolls, they it fills you up quicker and the rice just, it has that, I don't want to say bloating effect, but it does fill you up, yeah. right? And if I just get it, you know, some of that really high grade tuna. Yes, like the even the, tuna. The, mm-hmm. Yes, mm-hmm. even the octopus. Yeah. Um, you're making see, them salivate over here. I know. Here. You're, you're making all my favorite things. I'm watching them like, ooh, well, yeah. they're shaking their heads. Well, yeah. You know what's funny is I posted uh, another, you know, I wasn't just a menu not that long ago. And I, I had actually posted um, a few pieces of, I think it, taco, it may be called, uh, octopus and uh, octopus sashimi. I'm probably pronouncing that wrong, but I, we'll just call it octopus sashimi. I, I posted that via story on Instagram and it showed, you know, the contrast between let's call it the flesh itself being so white and the outer, um, portion of skin that's quite purple and the suction cups almost that looks, <laughs> There's space they, it looked <laughs> like, it looked like it would grip your throat before it ever made it down. You know what I mean? So it almost was like a challenge. You have to, to chew it. Like ingest if you dare, but I, I, I'm game. I'm dare. Uh, I'm, there was a, me a, a book we read and the guy took a girl on a date and the fish was still alive, but you were cutting the pieces you wanted. Would you do that? Just too? imagine how tender that would be though. Like no. it's still, Mm-mm. Raw so fish good. is the best fish. It's like, <laughs> yeah, I agree. Oh, tastes so good. I agree. Yeah, I'm See, still on my my honest. baby steps on that one. <laughs> I know. I, the, Are you still just enjoying the rookie rolls? Yes, as I call them the okay. rookie rolls. That's a good name for them. <laughs> that's what I, the rainbow rolls, the Alaskan rolls. You know, things of that mm-hmm. nature. You're in the rookie. Yeah, we're waiting for you. In the I'm probably like this the, step okay. up from that one. Maybe. Okay. Okay. I can appreciate your effort one way or another. She tries. Mm-hmm. <laughs> At least she's open to trying most I things. I do try. She tries. Some. But then some I'm like, mm It's funny because I'm a texture person. And See, that's my I problem. I love sushi in general. Mm-hmm. But you give me a bowl <clears throat> of manulo and I'll want a gag. Oh, no. I won't <laughs> oh, eat she, that either. Yeah, she doesn't even eat, she doesn't eat beans. <laughs> or the manulo. I'm like, I'm not... I think there's hardly anything that I wouldn't at least try. <laughs> Even if I haven't liked it, like if it's something that I haven't liked in the past, but they made it a different way, I'll try it. <laughs> so I'm like, maybe this way I'll like it. Yeah, thanks. I don't discriminate. <laughs> mm-hmm. I just eat. <laughs> yeah, yeah. You've got to be receptive to different mm-hmm. 
kinds of foods. I'll never forget when my grandmother told me one time, she said, would you like to try this? I don't even remember what it was. It was just something foreign. It wasn't a chicken nugget at the time and it wasn't a peanut butter and jelly. So how about that? It was just something other than that mm -hmm. at that age. And she said, how about you try this? I said, mm -mm, I don't like that. She <laughs> said, no, you've never tried that. So you, you can't mm -hmm. know if mm -hmm. you don't like that. You can only say you don't like something after you try it. And mm -hmm. that's a method that I use on both of my children. And yeah. I won't say it always works, but it at least gets the ar argument tilted in my favor. Right. <laughs> yeah. And, and that's all we want as parents is a little leverage. And, <laughs> right. That's what my parents um, did to me. Yeah. But I'm not the type to say, son, if you don't eat this last chicken nugget, you know, there's kids overseas who are starving. I'm not going to put that <laughs> on their plate. The pressure. Yeah. I'm not, the pressure. Yeah, I heard that. I'm not going to put that on mm -hmm, them and then mm -hmm. give them that, that really sulking face. Uh, I won't do that to them. But I do try to make them understand, boys, you've got it good. Enjoy mm -hmm. it. You know, yeah. while you got it. Don't turn and and for damn sure don't turn down something that you haven't tried just because it doesn't look right it doesn't yeah. you know what i mean give it a shot some of the best tasting stuff i've ever i've ever tried doesn't look good on the surface but i promise mm -hmm. you it is mm -hmm. yep you know? definitely that is true and if you're just tuning in we have we've transitioned from books to good to food. foods. Yeah. And now I'm hungry. <laughs> foods and bugs. Well, sushi, I, I mean, it could really, I wish I had a sushi chef in house, sushi chef in house. I really do. I mean, that would be, I, it would be an exorbitant fee, I'm sure, but uh, it'd probably be worth it just because conversations like this that tend mm -hmm. to come up randomly, mm -hmm. it, you need to have a sushi, sushi chef on deck. Well, I'm right, explaining that, everything. We need to have one at Jin Sushi at the bar, mm. and then just ask them about their food. When you eat sushi, though, I eat it, and then I, like an hour later, I'm like, I'm stuffed, I'm stuffed, and then two hours later, I'm hungry again. <laughs> I need yeah. more yeah. sushi. I know. But that's, that's what's good fish. about it, though. <laughs> it's it, it, it's kind of it's a good thing. It's a bad thing. If you're looking for that long term filling sensation, it's no good. But if you're looking <laughs> for that, take the edge off temporary fill uh, i can still maneuver and be productive after this eating oh, yeah. session mm -hmm. then you're good you know <laughs> right do you have a go-to tester role for restaurants wow that's a good question <laughs> <laughs> i do my that with my roll. mexican food so i'm just curious if you do it with your sushi mm. I almost feel ashamed that I don't have an answer for this. You don't have uh, to feel ashamed. <laughs> okay. I'm joking. I don't. I'm it's, still smiling because we're talking special. about sushi. Right? <laughs> I'll take the special, please, mm -hmm. <laughs> to go. Right. Good stuff. It's like um, sake. Or when you go, you have to have a, good sake. Yeah. What do you have on a good sake? Mm -hmm. I'm never against a crunchy roll. Let's try, let's try a, um, you know, maybe a crunchy roll. Because okay. Mrs. Reddick, she enjoys that as well. Um, and she's, you know, she will not do any sashimi. She loves sushi, but it's got to be all uh, uh, nigiri or um, just a standard roll. She's got to have the rice. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. 
and me, it can literally ch attempt to crawl off the plate and I've got to chase <laughs> right? it down. Mm -hmm. So, and then not to mention, and like, uh, so last time we went to sushi, there were like, um, it was just a sashimi plate, I think. And so it had like pickled radish, but it was in all these different colors to where it tasted different depending on whatever seasoning they were using. And so we kept asking the chef cause we were sitting at the bar and, uh, we kept asking the chef, oh, what's this one? He's like, oh, that one's radish too. Did you try this one? That one's radish too. <laughs> oh, how funny. Yeah. <laughs> it tastes so different. Yeah. So, yeah. They were grown in different regions. Right. Well, I think they just pickle them with different seasonings in there. It was just so good though. Yeah. Well, this was amazing. Yeah. Mm -hmm. We were on a roll. <laughs> Uh, touche. <laughs> she's our word. Oh. She's our word wizard, is what I call her. So, so how many writers are we dealing with in the sirens? I inspired one story. Mm -hmm. I, I have, I have written. I think I've talked to Heather a little mm -hmm. bit about some of the stuff that I've written. When I was younger, I would write a lot more. Um, just like different little stories or I would even do like little scripts with like my cousins and my sister just to pass the time because we were always stuck at home, you know, um, but yeah, I'm I mean, definitely not a writer. Nothing I'm published a or even <laughs> shared, <laughs> but so yeah. two writers and one believer in reading. <laughs> we're going to try and co-write a book together too. Yeah. Sometime it's when we have time. Be, we have an idea, Stewie. Mm -hmm. See, that's stellar. And it's it, it's all in the name of inspiration. That's mm -hmm. where it all comes from. All it takes is sometimes a single a story itself, maybe just a paragraph, a single sentence could be just a word or a mm -hmm. phrasing of a few good words. And anytime I hear someone says you have been, I, I see a, a photo someone sends me of their book uh, of my book that I sent them or that they bought, and, it, and it's just. It's tabbed out to the max. There's tabs. <laughs> that's how mine throughout. is right now. <laughs> you know, and that's that's so awesome. I can't mm -hmm. tell you how cool that is because I had another uh, an author friend who I greatly respect say, you know, just this one page, the way you set up this scene inspired mm -hmm. a story. And I can't stress enough how cool that is to hear because, you know, one of the main things that. I sent I sent a photo to Heather. It's it's the back of a magazine and mm -hmm. it shows Kobe. It's 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 the way I honor his words. He says the most important thing is to try and inspire people to be great at what they want to do. And that's just that it's one of those things that anytime I can inspire someone to do something that they want to do, that's it's a win. It's a mm -hmm. it's a heartfelt win. So uh, good on you. And if it, if it's, if it's there, uh, and if it's, if it's tugging at you, please answer the call, mm -hmm. do it, write it down. Um, so help me. Um, I, I can't stress enough how cool it is that I didn't realize I had the, uh, I had something here until, um, you know, so many readers have been so kind to reach out and be like, dude, you got game. Well, mm -hmm. when's the next one coming out? And I'm like, oh, wow. You know, mm -hmm. <laughs> nothing down the pipeline, but thank you for asking, you know. Um, 
No, I, I, I joke about it. I'm good for right now only because the lack of time, but yeah. something will come down the line. I, I've, I've, I was, I was, I was on another uh, podcast not that long ago and she asked something along the, the same, the same lines. And you've read uh, Thomas Harris. I know you've read Thomas Harris, the silence of the lambs, Hannibal oh, yeah. mm-hmm. red dragon. So, a very accomplished writer, but by no means a prolific writer in that, I mean, in all, in his 50 year career, he's put out six books and believe uh, no one can argue with the quality of those six books, but the pace of production is, is what I would uh, possibly anticipate when my day is done. You know, uh, when my, when my final, final output is reached, um, for one, you know, I've had opportunities to go the traditional route, but when it comes to my creative endeavors, I, I don't like to rush the process. Mm-hmm. I, I want, I, I love for it to come organically. And because let's face it, you, you sirens have read enough books traditionally, independently, otherwise that sometimes you can feel in the story itself where it where a certain juncture it becomes rushed and you said or at least in my eyes i mm-hmm. said hmm, this felt like they were up against a deadline mm-hmm. and they had yeah. to they had to write this ending with a quickness they had to put out this book and put it on the editor's desk and that's one that's something that i i never want to have to face when it comes to my fiction mm-hmm. i, I want to I, I i there's enough deadlines in the in my regular day to day Right. And, and, yeah. and anything in anyone's day to day, that's something right now that I, I don't I don't care for my creative endeavors uh, to deal with. Mm-hmm. You know, you just want to let it marinate. <laughs> yeah. Absolutely. Mm-hmm. Let it soak. Let yeah. it soak overnight for a week, whatever. Mm-hmm. Uh, keep an eye on it. But um, it all goes back to, you know, this this story it was always tugging at me, but it was always so hard to get it where I needed it to be. And then 2020 came around and there was some, there was some downtime and when there was some, some hard times and there was that need to just immerse myself in that, in that creative distraction. And wow. Yeah. So grateful that that need came about for sure because mm-hmm. it forced me to get it done and my editor i won't I, I won't lie she was on me nonstop. she was like where are you with this like she, she gave me a manuscript assessment and uh she was like i really think you have something here she was like as good as, as is mm-hmm. but i knew it wasn't ready because again that comes back to the perfectionism and the product as it was at the time did not it did not align with the amount of time I had put in and where I had envisioned it to ultimately be. Right. Yeah. So there were more kinks to work out more, more, uh, wrinkles to iron out. And here we are. I have all three sirens who have mm-hmm. read and gave me the green check mark. So yes, mm-hmm. you did a fantastic complain. job. You did. It was great. Grateful for you. Mm-hmm. Grateful for you. Like I said, you don't want to waste, a reader's time there's way too many good books out there uh way too many good authors especially in this indie community mm-hmm. um i'm just hoping i get to uh, 
free up a little more time to read some of this great talent. Mm-hmm. I, I'll tell you one. Obviously, you've already read Calvin Ellis. Mm-hmm. Yes. Um, that, that is that's my guy. In fact, as soon as this hardcover, as soon as I get this produced, uh, the cover is ready. Uh, the only thing it's waiting on is me to fine tune a few things. I'm going to send it to the press. He's getting a copy. I know Aww. that because he sent me a beautiful copy of his mm-hmm. signed. And uh, yeah, you want to talk about good penmanship and artwork, Calvin Ellis. Uh, <laughs> he'll put you some Bigfoot uh, footprints on there. He'll yes. give you some. Uh, yeah, he does it upright. That's my dude. But um, that'll be coming out before long. And mm-hmm. who knows? As we talked about earlier in the uh, earlier in the show. Maybe a uh, maybe an audio book down the line. Mm-hmm. We'll see. Yes, yeah, yes. that'd be pretty cool. What your guys' books will probably be in my top of the year. Very good. Mm-hmm. Thank you for that. Mm-hmm. Well, thank you for joining us. Yes, we had a lot of fun discussing amazing. it. Yeah, and please thank Mrs. Riddick for sharing your time. Yes, you got it. Thank you so much, Sirens. You have uh, you have treated me. It's been a pleasure. Thank you for having me on your podcast. Thank you for swimming ashore to have me Aww. on your podcast. And, uh, I like that. Uh-huh. <laughs> the sirens for sure. You almost need an alternative of the Little Mermaids uh, theme music. You know what I mean? No, Ooh, you don't need the Little like Mermaid, a twisted under the sea? Yes. Maybe there could be Ooh, something there. So there's some like some bass of... instead of the. It's not the Disney esque feel it has more of a modern dance or uh house music type vibe that's like right up my alley we're gonna have to look for this (laughs) you're welcome thanks (laughs) season two mid upgrade right (laughs) mid season upgrade yes we got some enhancements to do ladies yeah well thank thank you. you have a great night thank you so much you have a great night as well thanks for having me thank you for joining us so we've come to our favorite episode segment yes fuck mary kill (laughs) um so i guess i'll go start first Mm -hmm. um i can't talk today i don't know why um my mary would be karen which is going to be dan's wife yes the librarian i don't know she just seems like She's loyal. She's waiting mm-hmm. for her husband. She just wanted love. All she wanted was a baby and a family. <laughs> mm-hmm. She was willing to sacrifice her body at 50 years I old. To have one. Yeah. I don't know how exactly no, yeah, she, was, she was, but she was older. Because she was, yeah, she was older. Yeah, she was a lot older. Um, yeah, because that was one of his the things that he talked about, too. Uh-huh. Officer Hebelow, how he didn't want her to uh-huh. yeah. die. Um, and then my kill would be... Isaac, which is the emo um, uh-huh. wannabe. The mystic. Electus. <laughs> yes. Am I saying that right? Do you right? guys remember? Yeah, like, I think so. I don't know. Uh, do you guys remember Stigmata? Yes. When she turns around and she's like, Un messenger more important. You just scared me. <laughs> <laughs> Did you see my eyes? <laughs> no. This is fuck, Mary kill, not scare him. Yes. <laughs> um, kill and give a messenger. Don't fuck the messenger. Don't though. fuck the messenger. Well, maybe, maybe on a special occasion. Or kill the messenger. <laughs> Don't kill the messenger. No. Um, and then my fuck would be Brian. Mm-hmm. Um, just because that 
scene in there is amazing. So, mm-hmm. um, and then my BFF would be Will because he's loyal to the T. He's gonna climb that stairs and look Aww. for whoever's lurking behind the shadows. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Poor Will and his Willy. <laughs> <laughs> oh, the Willy! <laughs> he never will know. <laughs> I know. He never even got to pee to see if it hurt. <laughs> oh no! <laughs> or di- oh, well, he was trying to go to the bathroom and then he froze. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> it's a glitch in the matrix. It yes. <laughs> well then. So, my speaking of Will, <laughs> his BFF is also my BFF. So my BFF, I picked Brian. Um, I just thought it was cool how he kind of because he kind of put himself in danger, but how he was willing to help save Amanda. Like he saw something in her and he wanted to like redeem himself, mm-hmm. and he left it all for her. Um, and seriously thinking of the Batman moment where he's like, <laughs> my BFF or my new girlfriend. Uh-huh. <laughs> he said lover. Yeah. Lover. Oh, lover. My lover. lover. Oh my gosh. That was the only thing. Okay, Brian, you need a best friend. You cannot Honestly. fall in love with somebody off of meeting them one time. You knew her what, like maybe one you 24 hour it cycle? One time. That was one sleep. Only one Two sleep. Two sleeps. Two sleeps. It doesn't count. <laughs> the if first didn't time sleep was. Next to him. It was still, there the there. first time he didn't sleep. Oh, yeah. that's true. So one sleep. One sleep. I stand by my statement. <laughs> we'll sell it one and a half. You gotta test the dry <laughs> car out a little bit more. You need yeah. you need to know if you're gonna get that leather, one was just cloth. Like the rush of the moment, you know, like a survivalist instinct. So you think you're in love, but you're right. not really in love. Yeah. Because she told you a couple stories yeah. how you should get over your insecurities. Right. Come on. Whatever. Shake it off. BFF, (laughs) let's get real here. (laughs) Um, My kill was actually Officer Hebelo, um, who was Karen's husband, (laughs) who was a sleazeball. Sleazeball. I hate me some sleazeballs. And also, (laughs) I kind of admire the way he killed Karen, though. (laughs) Really? We can really appreciate a good kill. That was such a good kill. Are you kidding me? Like, her whole neck did mm-hmm. one big old like that's that one probably that's twisted <laughs> <laughs> that one probably Did got you? me <laughs> hey word if wizard you know, you know. see word wizard um that one probably got me and then there was one later oh yeah yeah um the other what's next it was here? pretty good though it yeah. was really good. All I the like, kill scenes were really good. I liked good. the description of it after when the um, Officer Johns went in. Oh, mm-hmm. yeah. Mm-hmm. And described it, and I was just like, oh. I just think okay. it's really cool how everybody threw up. Like, we, <laughs> we don't need to be embarrassed because right. we all threw up in front of each other. So mm-hmm. we're friends now, you know? Right? Like, yeah. That establishes a friendship. Bonded no, in the just puke. hold my hair. Everybody just hold each other's <laughs> hair. <yeah>. Yep. <laughs> okay, <laughs> now I got something that Joanne, like, okay, we're just going to be like the human centipede. Oh, Holding yeah. each other's hair to throw up. <laughs> <laughs> I pictured a whole different them? thing about that. <laughs> well, Joanne gave us the original picture, but I just made yeah. it ten times worse. Have you guys seen the movie? No. Oh. I'll pass. <laughs> the picture was enough. I've never seen it, but I've heard it. Yeah. The picture was enough. <laughs> okay. 
Good stuff. Well, that's a whole nother kind of orgy. Mm-hmm. Um, let's see. What is next? Yeah. Oh, my kill. I already did. I You're married. I wanted to kill two people. You did? Okay. Yeah. Um, I also wanted to kill Eldon. Mm-hmm. Because he was evil. He was. But he was only like okay. a side he was character. So, so his little... Kill. His storyline got to me, too. Kind of freaked me out. Because <laughs> if you With were... If, like, if you were to go through that situation and then see that, I'd be like... I don't know. I feel like he tripped me out. It. Well, he did, but because tri- I don't know. It tripped me out. I think he just kind of went off the deep end. He didn't know what After. to do with himself, mm-hmm. and maybe he came from a bad situation, and he really but wanted just a family. He just was self-centered mm, and an asshole. Just, yeah, he was an asshole. He reminded me of the guy from Shameless, the dad. <laughs> he was also like a, an asshole. An asshole. Because <laughs> they don't take responsibility, and that bugs me. No, like oh, it's you're the bitch. When, I like the description. Like, Violated her whole entire self. Yes. You know? mm-hmm. I like the descriptions. Oh, well, now my beer is ruined because it's warm. <laughs> well, you left it sitting on the curb. Yeah. I don't know. That part See, hilarious. nothing's his fault. No. Nothing. <laughs> Pass the blame. Mm-hmm. Shameless. Right? <laughs> <laughs> um, my Mary would be Amanda. I just loved Amanda from the moment mm-hmm. that I saw her telling off the sorority bitch. That was like, was like one of the Ooh. best parts. I love that part Dude. so much. Okay. And then she Girl. went to eat sushi. I'm going to yes. sit there and sing that anthem everywhere I go. <laughs> <laughs> I love it. That's the only thing that came out yeah. of that sorority. That was good. Yeah. Mm-hmm. When I like how the, the sorority chick is telling her, like, oh, sorry that you're so insecure. And she's like, that is not the reason. No. <laughs> I liked how she went straight from the gym and her clothes and stuff, knowing mm-hmm. how, like, snooty they are. Mm-hmm. <laughs> I wouldn't have been in a sorority. I feel like she... I would have been kicked out. Went, Same. <laughs> I, I almost feel like she went just to get in so she could turn them down herself. Uh-huh. Like, I don't need you bitches. Yep. I don't need this meeting. Right? Mm-hmm. Bye. <laughs> so I really liked her. Mm-hmm. And um, I liked that she wrote. Mm-hmm. And um, I really felt bad for her situation. Yes. Mm-hmm. Um... Oh, my fuck. My fuck would be Kyle. And the reason for that (laughs) is because he seemed very passionate about Kimberly. (laughs) So, yeah. Well, he was pretty passionate to the point where he was kind of dumb because he put himself in danger. Mm -hmm. But nonetheless, he did seem like a nice. Mm -hmm. And I don't need you after the fuck. Mm -hmm. (laughs) So, do you, boo boo? Because I might do you. <laughs> Is it my turn now? It's definitely yes, your turn. Now. Okay, so me and Stephanie will have the team together, and we're going to kill Dan together. Ooh. My thing we'll is... Pass the, yes. Pass the knife to the left. He was evil before the whole situation took place. He had fantasies. So he had to go. Mm-hmm. He was just a predator, mm-hmm. I guess you could say. And then my best friend would have been amanda that's my best friend Uh uh-huh i feel like she could fit in with us very well Mm -hmm. i just really liked her and then my fuck would be jake because i liked his personality in the beginning because he felt really bad for eldon being mean to the mom oh so he like uh uh-huh the Mm -hmm. gas station owner Mm -hmm. 
and then another small part guy mm -hmm. yeah and then i really liked yeah Yeah. because they stand out Mm -hmm. their character and stuff and then my mary would definitely be brian and stephanie called it she texted me you're gonna marry brian huh (laughs) and i was like maybe (laughs) um his personality and his selflessness is something Mm -hmm. that drew me to him yeah. And he was very real. Mm-hmm. And the things he had to go to go through were very real. And and he still found a way to like be resilient and successful uh-huh. and like look out for He would also be and... like my best friend too. Mm-hmm. Well, that's Cuz he's a very marriage. like ride or die, I feel. Mm-hmm. Self-sacrificing. Uh-huh. Mm-hmm. Now, Loved true it. story. Would you guys have gone in the, to the abandoned door no <laughs> no i'll wave at you i ain't going like, in there none of that would have happened if she would have stayed away from the dormitory yes the messenger w- wouldn't have been able to say anything and it wouldn't <laughs> have started the chain of events that started. so if something started talking to you through your computer what would you have done turn that bitch off yeah. <laughs> throw it out the window that, yeah that's like the number one rule of movies if your electronics are talking okay to you, walk away spoiler yeah I had to bust up laughing. I knew it was going to happen. I knew it was coming when they're in the computer lab and they're trying to get help. And then the part electronics, the part that cracked me up, something, something. What did you fuck him? I I love that that part. The one that fucked you, little lamb. Yes. I was like, oh, my God, that's hilarious. I knew it was coming. And I was like, oh, they're so going to bring it out. Yeah. I loved it. That part cracked me up. That did crack me up. There was a lot of, um, so you know how um, the, the scene you don't like. Okay. But there's some words that are in there that are of similar context where they're like, well, why don't you just let me penetrate you into rapture? And I was like, holy <laughs> shit. I felt like that was a, well, Pineapple Express. Mm-hmm. I felt like it was either Seth Rogen, like trying to scare somebody after like getting too high. Like, All the like, scenes were were very well written. too much uh, edibles. <laughs> Step away from the edibles. Step away from, he's like actually just on the loudspeaker. <laughs> let me sir, fuck you we're, into rapture. We're right here, sir. You don't need yeah. to <laughs> speak yeah. <laughs> that one I felt really bad because I feel like he just wanted love too. Aw. Yeah. yeah my did. soft side. We he did want just want love. Mm-hmm. But I'm telling you guys, love is your demise. Just look at the story of yeah. what happened. Obviously. True. You need to look at the the evil side of everything. Yeah. <laughs> I'm half and half, so I'm getting there. Mm-hmm. We'll see how it goes. We're going to have to work on this new theme music. I know he was. He said, "I'm already wanting to go poke around, see what I can find." Oh no, that's no, no, that's a whole different movie. So, side story: (laughs) we, um, when I was working at the schools, we were playing music to like a game with the kids to see who would recognize. Oh no, we're playing charades, Uh and it was Disney theme. So (laughs) the thing was a little mermaid Hmm. and my friend starts singing a whole new world and we're like oh no that's aladdin so then the next one is another princess movie and she starts singing in a whole new world again (laughs) and it's still not oh no (laughs) when he brought that up like um 
twist it princess themed mm-hmm. um i kept on thinking of tiger lily oh <laughs> that book Pan. is stuck with us yeah, i know that book was so good mm-hmm. if it i don't know the cover is just i don't know what it is about the cover it doesn't pull up my strings but the book is amazing the book was mm-hmm. really good yeah i know well you're i know cover and, expert i'm not an anti frilly it's too colorful for me Mm-hmm. Give me uh, some dark Captain Hook or just a hook. Oh, <laughs> gotcha. Or even her, like maybe coming out of the water. Mm-hmm. Oh, that'd be cool like too. Ariel. Mm-hmm. <laughs> yeah. Can you tell Little Mermaid is my favorite? Yes. <laughs> yeah. Yep. This was a great one, guys. Yeah. Yes, I agree. Thanks for joining us. Well, s- smell you later. Smell you smell later. later. <laughs> Bye. Bye. Thank you for listening, everybody. Please don't forget to rate and review us on Apple Podcasts and listen to us. You can listen to us on Spotify, the Anchor app, Google Podcasts. Follow us on Instagram at reading underscore siren so that's at r-e-a-d-i-n-g underscore s-i-r-e-n-s and we also have our gmail account which is reading sirens at gmail.com so that would be r-e-a-d-i-n-g s-i-r-e-n-s at gmail.com so feel free to write us with any suggestions any book recommendations and any feedback or questions thank you bye